Hello and welcome back to Why We Write Fantasy. I'm Oscar Sasenia. And I'm KJ Aiello. And today we're going to be talking about why we like and why Greek mythology is important for us. Not why we like, why we love Oscar. Let's just, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, why I, we're obsessed. <laughs> Before we jump in, I just want to remind everybody to like and subscribe if you like what we do here. Follow us on Instagram and uh, subscribe on the podcast if you're listening to the audio version. Yes. Okay. So, KJ, why don't you start? I know, I mean, we both love Greek mythology and we all have our stories. But mm -hmm. let's begin with, like, the, the origin story of, like, how did little KJ discover Greek mythology? Oh boy. I actually, I think actually my Greek mythology, my adoration of Greek mythology was born out of my adoration of ancient Egyptian mythology. Mm. So when I was growing up, eh, all of my school projects, I somehow warped them into something to do with ancient Egypt. Mm -hmm. I was obsessed with ancient Egypt. And I was so obsessed that I actually, my first big vacation, not vacation, but travel experience all by myself, I went to Egypt and it was just, I oh. will never forget that. And it was just, everything came to life. And there was so much about me that came to life on that trip, about my creativity and my confidence and my own self and the, the thoughts that I had. And, and my writing started from that trip as well. So mm -hmm. from that, it was just sort of like an extension you know, the following yeah. year I went to Greece and then I thought, you know what, this is it. I'm hooked. So good. So, I mean, it has been very, there wasn't a, a little KJ moment, but it has been very much an evolving adoration mm. in my adult years. And I'm so glad right now to see such a resurgence of all these Greek mythology retellings and novels. I mean, yep. I know it did not begin with Madeline, Madeline Miller's Song of Achilles, but I do think that that was a very much a pivotal point, not just in, you know, literature, but I think for me as well, because I realized that what may have, what we've had for so long may not be the only way to tell something. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe there is a different perspective. And I don't, yeah. I don't, again, I don't know if anybody who is listening. I'm sure there are a lot of people who are watching and listening who have been like, yeah, Song of Achilles, it destroyed me in the most best way possible. Um, but like, I don't know if we would have gotten a retelling like that when I was falling in love with yeah. ancient Greek mythology, or definitely not when I was falling in love with ancient Egyptian mythology. Mm. But you know, in like one of our previous episodes, we were also talking about inspiration. And there is, this is a treasure trove of lore, of um, parables, of moralistic lessons, of characters. And there's so much about, you know, human psychology and motivations that are entrenched in the Greek mythic tales from, you know, Herodotus, uh, the histories yeah. to all of, you know, the, the demigod um, and the God gifted um, heroes, like, uh, I don't know who else, Odysseus, that sort of thing. There's so much about it that just is so human. Yeah. Right. That I absolutely love. Yeah. So I think that's kind of, again, it wasn't a, a pivotal moment for me, but I do think that it has been an ongoing, evolving adoration and respect. Yeah. Right? I How haven't, about you? I haven't read the song of Achilles, but I read Circe or Circe. I don't even know. I never know how to pronounce it. Uh, but I read that one th mm -hmm. as soon as it came out. I remember yeah. I was at Indigo. It was like, 
this just came out like this week. It's like, it sounded really good. I got it. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if I recommended that to you, KJ, but I recommended it to other of my, on my, I did. Okay. You yeah. did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, because I, I was reading, it's like, this is so good. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting it and it's like, this is amazing. Um, yes. yes, yes right yes, here. Yes. Yeah. So good. It's a, such a good book. Um, but uh, what I wanted to to say, like talking about like the, the first time that I, when, when I discovered uh, Greek, Greek mythology. So mm-hmm. just a little background, uh, as you know, I mentioned all the time that I was born and raised in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was a kid, I was in grade six and one of our projects was uh, we're talking about the like Greek Greek history, Greek mythology, mm-hmm. and all those things. And one of our projects was to do uh, I don't know, like a I guess like a essay of mm-hmm. something about the Greek you know, history, like, mm-hmm. and I pick mythology. Right. And uh, I started being getting fascinated with all these monsters and and the Minotaur mm-hmm. and and Hades and and all those things. And I remember going to my grandparents' home and they had like a massive library. And mm-hmm. I got there and I found they had, I don't remember if it was like three or six. I don't remember. There was a, a lot of books. I was a kid. Yeah. so And they were big. <laughs> and and I, I asked my, my grandfather and my grandmother, like, hey, I'm looking for some Greek mythology. He's like, oh, we have this. And they just yeah. dumped that on me. Like, <laughs> I okay. love that. I uh, love it. <laughs> it was amazing. And I started reading and there was a lot of yeah. history and all that, but one of the tomes was just about mythology. Mm-hmm. And I remember I took that one home and I read it and I got mm-hmm. all my full essay out of that. one. So for oh, me, wonderful. it was one of the first times that I knew there was something out of and this was before i discovered fantasy like this was yeah a year or yeah like a year before i discovered lord of the rings yeah um but for me this was like this is exactly what i'm looking for i want yeah. heroes i want monsters i want yeah. high stakes i want gods i want mm-hmm. all those things so for me that was the the moment when i discovered that and since then i just i just been um like reading as much as I can, yeah. seeing as much as I can. Uh, that's what I got, Cersei. Uh, when I saw it, it's like, okay, Greek mythology, Cersei. Yeah. Okay, this is a nymph that I, I don't think when I when I got it, I don't, I don't think I knew who she was until yeah. I read the book. Because there's so many characters in. in oh, in, my God. Yeah, there's yeah. So, so many of them. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't know, but I kind of read it. It's like, okay, this sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Like uh, she's the daughter of one of the Titans. And I always loved the... The conflict between the Titans and all, and, uh, all the Ilios. gods of Olympus. I love yes. those those things. So it's like, okay, I'm gonna grab this. So I got it. Yeah. I read it, and I started recommending it to everybody who who asked yeah. for a book. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm looking for a business. Yeah. Book. You know what? Forget about business. Read Susie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need to read this. That's what I love about it too. And I do actually recommend if you enjoyed Circe, um, definitely read the Song of Achilles. I mean, this this book. I think it's on. It's still. Trends on Book Talk and Bookstagram because it is, and that's 10 years out. It is so phenomenal. And it tells it from the perspective of Achilles, actually, the perspective of Achilles' companion, uh, Patroclus. So we all Hmm. know from, like, if you've seen the the Troy movie with Brad Pitt. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that movie. Yeah, but they did not actually. I don't think it was a good movie. I mean, I had Brad Pitt, so it was perfectly acceptable for me. But it was 
it it didn't actually do justice to the relationship between Patroclus and Achilles, and they were actually lovers. Mm. And at that point, in our you know zeitgeist, in our time, in the early two thousands, that probably wouldn't have been acceptable. Mm-hmm. So what Madeline Miller did was she told that story, and it's so wrenching, right? And and I mean the story is already written for itself, but how she did it. Just the writing style itself, how, and we never are in Achilles's mind. We always see him through this, this basically like, it's not entirely, excuse me, it's not entirely a reliable narrator of Patroclus because he's always witnessing this demigod who moves like, you know, water and he's such a, a ruthless killer, but he's always witnessing it with such reverence and absolute adoration so anyways yeah good, you need good to book read. recommendation is yeah. it good, I, I can't get enough it okay, destroyed sure. my soul yes <laughs> <laughs> that's great uh okay so what what else do you like like we just talked about quickly mm-hmm. on how we discovered uh Greek yeah. mythology. i've never been in greece so it's one of the things that i want to do um yeah. but like how because the way i'm thinking like i love as i mentioned this i think i mentioned this every single episode but I love uh, TTRPGs. And mm-hmm. one of the things I like about TTRPGs is that you get monsters and doesn't mm-hmm. really matter where they come from. <laughs> mm-hmm. They are like you can be fighting a, a dragon that looks like a Chinese dragon and mm-hmm. then the, the minions of the dragon are going to be minotaurs, which are like a completely <laughs> different <laughs> origins. So I really like mm-hmm. those things. So I remember when I started playing Dungeons & Dragons, which was kind of on the mm-hmm. time... I was 13, almost 14 years old. Sorry, 14, almost mm-hmm. 15 years old. And uh, and I remember looking at all those things. And I really liked the... Back then, it was Dungeons & Dragons 2nd Edition. And, and they had like a little... Like a couple of paragraphs of lore mm-hmm. on how to use these monsters in your world. Not, nice. Not how they were used in mythology. So right. it just started getting me a lot of things to... To think about, like I remember one time I, I wrote a campaign about a, a demon, a demon lord um, who was basically the demon lord of of minotaurs, and the minotaurs mm-hmm. were their their minions, and mm-hmm. my characters were fighting that and were trying to liberate them, liberate the the minotaur race from the right. demon lord, to all those things. Like I was trying to make it epic. It was like. Uh, a lot of years ago, maybe like 20 years ago, but uh, maybe <laughs> yeah. more, like 25. Uh, but th- those things, so it just started getting all this, all these ideas, like the yeah. the labyrinth, like the Minotaur's labyrinth, or uh, like even things like when you, like the, the Odyssey, whenever the Odyssey and the uh, Iliad and, mm-hmm. and use the whole journey through the seas. And I remember when I read it, I was still young. And for me, it was like, how like are they going through the whole Pacific Ocean? Like this is taking so long. But then you just yeah. think about like, okay, they don't have motorboats. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, it takes yeah. a while to get across it the Mediterranean. It's a while. <laughs> exactly. It's a Mediterranean. It's like, well, yeah. yeah, you can do that pretty quick now. But back then it was all those mm-hmm. things. And then you have mm-hmm. sirens and mm-hmm. and Ski all the, all yeah. those things. So I just became fascinated. And I think what yeah. fascinated me most was the interaction between the gods and mortals. Yes. That you have gods having children with mortals and then yeah. they become demigods. And and there's all this interaction, which mm-hmm. by the time that I discovered it, uh, my, I mean, I was raised atheist 
And mm -hmm. my only contact with religion, especially in Mexico, was the Catholic Church. So it's yeah. like there's one God and the, this God doesn't interact with mortals. Yeah. So yeah, there's so inaccessibility me, there. Exactly. And that yes. just I just became fascinated mm -hmm. with that. So for me, it's like, okay, if I'm writing something that is fantasy, I want the yeah. gods to to walk the earth. I want yeah. the gods to to give to have their chosen ones. Like I, yes. I just became all this inspiration and all this uh influence that I had right now, it was kind of born there. Mm -hmm. So it was uh honestly it was a very, very interesting thing for me. Yeah, I mean, I think it's you know, even for me when I was in Greece and, you know, wandering around in like Crete and Mykonos and, you know, the, the landscape is just, it's otherworldly. And it was so easy for me as I, you know, I remember in, um, on roads, it's just looking around going, okay, I can see how gods and demigods and these mythical monsters and creatures were the 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 explanations for so many of the geological and you know whatever happenings in the land thousands of years ago you know mm -hmm. even two three thousand years ago um i can understand how these monsters and gods provided an explanation for everything yeah. that happened um that felt so inexplicable you think of you know the island of theater it, it just like exploding which is now santorini it exploding mm -hmm. how would that be explained by people living in on crete how would they yeah. have been able to explain that other than hephaestus or Ares losing their shit you know like it just makes sense it is so it, there it's like a divine intervention yeah and it makes and yes like you were saying before there is an accessibility to this mythology to the lore to the gods that we don't have in our monotheistic religions there's right. and that is part of the monotheistic religions is that inaccessibility yeah that is like basically one of the foundations of it so it makes for really rich pickings when it comes to writing. There's yeah. so much to choose from. There's there's a treasure trove and we have access to so many different tropes and storylines. And I mean, if you wanted to write something about Odysseus, all you have to do is pick one of the the 10 years he was gone and you can get a full novel out of that. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, it, it's absolutely amazing. I mean, he um, appears in, uh, in Circe, like when we're talking does. about this book, like he's he there. Does. And it's yeah. just it's just like a secondary character in this book, even though he has like is a massive character yeah. in in the Greek mythology. Yeah, and I love how she, we see Odysseus from, you know, Circe's perspective that he's not quite the hero, but he is more representative of the oppressive nature that would be subjugated on women yeah. in ancient Greek mythology, in ancient Greece and Grecian culture, like in the yeah. Athenian culture, women were very much subjects to the men. They were owned, they were, you know, cloistered away, that sort of thing. So it kind of makes sense that Odysseus in would have this, this kind of the nature that he does have because we're seeing it through her perspective. And at that point, she's getting pretty pissed off with the world of men. And I literally yeah. men. <laughs> She's yeah, getting yeah. pretty upset. She was hard done by. She was she yeah. was done dirty a lot. So and that's one of the things I think is really cool about Greek mythology is the amount of times that we can actually retell these if we just tell it from a different perspective, mm -hmm. right? Instead of telling it from say Perseus's point of view, why don't we tell it from Medusa's point of view? And you get books like Stone Blind, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, or if somebody writes the story of Scylla, 
Skeela was a woman yep. who basically was punished, probably because she was a woman. Um, you know, I I, I think that's just who such also a great... appears in Cersei. <laughs> Yeah, who also appears in Cersei. She appears somewhere else too, but I can't remember. But oh, anyways, well, yeah, that's that's one of the things I like. There's so much uh, like references, and and yeah. because you're retelling the story from mm-hmm. a point of view that has been never used, you mm-hmm. can do whatever you want. So this is yeah. pretty cool. It is so cool, and I also like. So I was, you know, plugging myself here, but when I was writing my book, there was I have a chapter on monsters, and it's basically how monsters. Um, first of all, have been done dirty. And we know that. I think it's pretty much a resounding agreement that, you know, um, politically and moralistically and you know, socially mo- monsters have been done dirty. Um, but particularly monsters like, you know, female monsters and that sort of thing of how they have become these lessons that we must learn, like something, if you do this, you will become Medusa. Mm-hmm. Or if you did do this, you will become Skila or something like that. Yeah. Um, so when I was writing my book, I was diving into all these different sort of like perspectives on monsters and a lot of them were in Greek mythological monsters. So I was reading books like, um, this is very academic, but it's, um, a collection of essays called monster theory edited by Jeffrey Jerome Cohen. And one of the ones was that was so fascinating that monsters always live on the periphery and the margins of our existence. So they represent the other, they represent the unknown. Mm-hmm. I mean, which makes sense in Greek mythology. You think of like a volcano exploding. It's obviously a monster because there's so much that's unknown, right? Yeah, totally. Um, even lands, like, and this is another one of the books that I dove into on monsters. Again, it's a collection of essays written by Stephen T. Asma. And he basically, he talks about how monsters, even today, explain so much of our psychology. Now, he goes into a lot of other monsters, um, you know, from across the world. But he does talk about some of the monsters from Greek mythology. But to me, these monsters, and particularly in Greek mythology, they represent so much more. So, and this is why they're so easy to write, to rewrite these stories is because you can say, okay, I'm going to take this theme from it. Or I'm going to be like, hmm, I don't know if this monster is quite what we've always assumed them to be. Again, going back to Medusa, she was a victim of assault. So she She was punished because she was the victim. Yeah. But then she ended up, she was punished to become a monster. But because of that, she, that injustice, her rage, her anger ended up becoming the monstrous part. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that I wrote is like, if you corner a puppy and kick it, that puppy will become a monster. You can't you yeah. can't then blame the monster for not being a puppy. And that's that's exactly what what happens with these monsters. And it's like I see this in Greek mythology. You see it again and again and again. And even with you know the monstrous and I've got air quotes mm-hmm. here, the monstrous gods and demigods. You know some of the monstrous actions that they take sometimes it's like well why are they doing this what lesson are we learning from this and i that's what i love so much about it yeah it's yeah. you know you constantly be thinking about this yeah i can think it's... about it forever <laughs> <laughs> I, I can see that um okay yeah. there's uh and and the thing is that this has inspired so many things um, yeah like retelling you're saying like i just mm-hmm. uh last week i went to the theater with my wife to see uh, Hades Town, mm-hmm. and it's a musical, and it's about um, the story. I forgot the names: um, Eurydice and uh, Orpheus. Mm-hmm. Eurydice yes. and Orpheus. 
And uh, it's a story on how like uh, Eurydice uh, dies, goes to Hades, and then mm -hmm. Orpheus goes down and tries to rescue her. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, spoiler alert for 3,000 years ago. Um, <laughs> Like she, like he cannot rescue her, and in the end, yeah. they they stay uh, separated. But yeah. what I one of the things I liked this was like the story starts something like a bar, like the the the, the scenography is it's a bar. There are people drinking, there are people dancing and singing, and it's like it's a really interesting way to retell a story that is this old. So mm -hmm. I really like those things and. Um, Another one, I think you, you're going to talk more about this, but like the Assassin's Creed Odyssey, yes. they did a great job <laughs> oh, recreating yeah. that world. Mm -hmm. right. yeah. I, think, I think from my point of view, I think this is the best Assassin's Creed game that has been published. Um, mm -hmm. there's, there's others that are good, but the, for, I really liked it. I The, the mm -hmm. hundreds of hours that I put in there, I maybe put like a... I don't know. I, I want to say like at least a hundred hours that I that I play there. I know you played mm -hmm. like two thousand, but yeah, half uh, a lifetime. Yeah, but it's <laughs> but it's really well done. It's like they it capture is. the essence of Greece the, at the time, mm -hmm. and it's also mixed with mythology. You fight myth mythical creatures. Like I remember yeah. fighting uh, Cyclops, um, Minotaur. You fight a Minotaur. You fight, yeah. a, I think, a Gorgon or something like that. I don't remember. Like the Gorgon, something. yeah, yeah. You fight yeah. the Gorgon, yeah. Who, who is Medusa? Medusa in one of the tellings right. is one of the Gorgon three sisters, right? Yeah. So it's 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 a really it's a really interesting thing. So yeah, when you were playing that game uh, mm -hmm. with all the love that you have for Greek mythology and all the love that you have for that game, um, what were your thoughts when you're playing that game? Mm -hmm. Besides all the inspiration and everything that came with it, like. Is there any any anything in particular that caught your attention? Yeah, fan fiction. <laughs> I, I mean, that's my really like you know first rapid response is actually fan fiction, and this is the, the one of the amazing things about fan fiction is actually you can take something that you feel like um, didn't get the service it got, or you weren't quite happy with how the author or you know the the, the writers of say Assassin's Creed Odyssey, because there's yep. also video game fan fiction too. Yep. Um, and you can tell it in the way that you wanted it to be written in the first place. Yep. So I just thought about, you know, when I was, I still, I'm still playing it. Like I was playing it last night. Okay. Um, I know Oscar's shaking his head. It's like, just like, on, there, there are there's other so games. many good games. <laughs> not like i have an emotional investment in this game now like hi ubisoft okay can you please sponsor us um <laughs> um so i you know when i i play this game i think about you know different i guess storylines um different stakes different characters who can actually be entrenched in this world um and there are some things like i don't like how they portrayed persephone in elysium but i loved the anxiety and this desperate need for control that she had over this plot of land that Hades, her husband, and also kidnapper, mm -hmm. um, like it's just a terrible story, that she, the amount of control that she has is based out of the only thing that she can control in her life, uh, her immortal life, which is kind of bananas to think about that she is a prisoner in this world, this underworld. And she, the only thing she has, has been given to her by the man who stole her. Of course she would be a little, you know, controlling and possessive and pissed off. 
And that's kind of how she comes off in the game. But mm-hmm. she's also a bit villainized for that, too. So if I were, I'm sorry, Ubisoft, please still sponsor us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, they're listening. Um, you know, and that's one of the fan fiction things that I would do is I would kind of turn that on its head. Right. So this is how it's, you, you know, Greek mythology is entrenched into my brain. I have so many plot bunnies. It's becoming a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's me. <laughs> yeah. It's uh yeah it, I think it's one of the 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 things that I like about mythology and um, mm-hmm. because it's something that people believed in it was yeah. their religion it was not it was not fantasy and, and that's one of the things yeah. that, that I that I don't like when people call uh, mythology or even religion even I as I said I was raised atheist I don't like when people say religion is fantasy I don't like that. I don't like when people say mythology is fantasy because this is part of civilization. This is part Mm -hmm. of how people believe the world was created and they actually Mm -hmm. believed it. Fantasy, we all know that it's fantasy. Mm -hmm. Nobody is going to to create a a religion out of the name of the wind or or Lord of the Rings or like Lord of the Rings, I feel like people already I mean there's there's a lot of people who love that. I love Lord of the Rings. I think I keep I I always mention like every episode, but it's not something that we we would never believe that that was something that happened. What happens with religions and mythologies is that the story of the world and the story of the of Mm -hmm. all the stories that are coming in are they believed in and they molded their society like that. Right. So, like it's it's an explanation for what was inexplicable at the time. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. And it makes yeah. sense, you know, like and like I was saying before, going to Greece. It's just like, yeah, okay. It yeah. all makes sense. And if yeah. I was here twenty five hundred years ago, hells yeah, I would be believing in these gods and, yeah. and creatures. And it's yeah. some areas are just so inhospitable and overwhelming in, in an absolutely beautiful, awful, as in filled with awe kind yeah. of way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think like the 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 fantasy aspect of it too. There's a huge marketing element there too. So it's like where do you place something like the Song of Achilles? Where do you place it? I in Indigo or they put in historical fiction or something like that? It's in historical fiction and I have a bone to pick with <laughs> that because it's there is a historical element to it, but it's not yeah. his, to me it's not historical fiction, but where do you mythology. place this? In Barnes and Noble, in yeah. you know Waterstones, in Indigo, where do you place it? Yeah. So there is an aspect there of like how marketing crosses over into literature, right? Yeah. And like the construction of literature and our ideas of genres and tropes. Yeah, right. And I, I kind of understand the fantasy elements because they're fantastical mm-hmm. elements. And, fantastical, yeah. But I think the, I think, I think it should be just a small little shelf that says mythology. That's absolutely it. Like, because yes. histori- I get I get the idea of historical fiction because it's yeah. it's history in a way because mm-hmm. people believed in it was their religion was their their yeah. uh, the creation methods all those things mm-hmm. so that's the historical part mm-hmm. and then you're creating a fictional story out of that mm-hmm. so I kind of mm-hmm. get, get the historical fiction but I don't think it's hundred percent accurate. But again, what yeah. is accurate when we're when we are categorizing? Yeah, I know fantasy stories that have a hint of sci-fi and the other way around. Yeah. We're talking previous in another episode. We're talking about Star Wars, like it, it's it's sci-fi, and I'm again like quote unquote sci-fi because for me, 
the force is magic. So you have all these things that are are putting in together. So, but if you go to a bookstore and you yeah. want to find something about Star Wars, it's going to be in the sci-fi section, even not in the magic. fantasy section, even though yeah. the force is magic, right? Yeah. So there's so many things. Um, it's it's gonna. I think it's gonna be very very hard. And as yeah. humans, we like to have categories and we like to have clean lines and what each one of the things mean. And that is just not going to happen, especially when we're dealing about this thing. So yeah, the bookstores are already struggling. Let's not make it more complicated for them. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe just find the the author you're looking for and buy their books. Maybe. Yes. Or maybe (laughs) just like, spend the afternoon browsing and take a yeah. chance on something different. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Always take a chance on something different. I do have an amazing recommendation and I think you're going to be picking up a copy pretty soon because I keep forcing you to, if you're looking for a treasure trove of ideas, I picked up this, it's like a, it's so heavy. It's a brick of a book. It's called classical mythology, A to Z an encyclopedia of gods, goddesses, heroes, and heroines. Um, and that. Geiski. I'm so sorry. I cannot pronounce this. So the G. correct name will be in the notes. It will be in the notes. Okay. I'm I'm actually really bad at pronouncing any kind of names. Um, but basically it is an encyclopedia of all the gods, goddesses, monsters, yada, 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 heroes. But it's for me, it's such, just such a great reference, even, you know, on a Friday night when I'm like, oh, I'm kind of feeling like I, I want some inspiration, but I'm not really mm-hmm. sure what I want to dig into. So I just kind of start flipping through and I learn about somebody completely random. So you pick up a copy if you can. It's a great thing to have on your shelf. It looks good. It feels good. It is great. Oscar's getting a copy today. I'm actually getting no a choice. copy. Yeah. No, I'm actually <laughs> yeah. doing that as Okay, well, this was a great recommendation. I'm actually picking yes. up my copy. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be today, but it's going to be pretty soon. Yeah, I like those today. things. Um, <laughs> in a more game gamey way. Uh, I don't know if that's a call gamey, but <laughs> no, it's sometimes <laughs> when, when I want to get some inspiration as well, I just grab yeah. the the bestiaries that I have for my games. Yes, and I like that they have this little explanation of what each one of the yeah. monsters does. I have, I don't know. I think I have like. Maybe can five or six best series. Yeah, I can. So show us one, Oscar. Tell us what what one it is. And even for you know non gamers, these so, are really great treasure troves, right? They are. Yeah. So this is one that I have is the best one for Pathfinder. Uh, mm-hmm. And anyway, I'm just gonna open it randomly. So we have a lich yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's so pretty cool. cool because it has really good, like amazing art, and has yeah. an explanation of what the lich is and all that. Mm-hmm. And then you have the game stats which is yep. something that you're going to do later. But I have that one. I have the Dungeons & Dragons uh, uh, Monster Manual that mm-hmm. I used when I used to play Dungeons & Dragons. I have mm-hmm. the Tome of Beasts 1 and 2 by Cobble Press. Mm-hmm. There's so much stuff here. So yeah. um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to interesting. It's not... I, would, I wouldn't use it as, uh, as you're using the book that you mentioned, which I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's just like a way to get inspired. I usually get inspired. Yeah. And when I get inspired, I just write an adventure and I just yeah. make my players go and fight this monster that I just found. Um, yeah. But but it's a really cool cool thing to do. So I really like what you said about using these things. It's like you said, like a Thursday night or Friday night, just, just like reading through it and getting inspired. And we just talk about yeah. inspiration. And this is another way to get inspired. Yes. With There's stories. so many like, ways. Yes. Yeah. You can either find a villain, an amazing villain, mm-hmm. or you can find a hero, depending on the yeah. type of story you want to tell. And find ways to write them into not the hero. <laughs> yeah, that would be know, interesting. Like it just really depends on the perspective that it's being written from. 
Odysseus totally. isn't always a hero. Yeah, exactly. I think it's so cool. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Oscar. I think it was a really, really fun episode. I hope people yeah. enjoyed it. And again, just a reminder, if you enjoy the, what we're doing and everything, just like and subscribe yes. well, in, in YouTube or if you prefer the audio version, just go to your podcast app, find Why We Write Fantasy, subscribe so you get a notification every time we launch a new episode. Yes. Um, and check us out on Instagram at Why We Write Fantasy. Uh, use the hashtag Why We Write Fantasy and WWWF. We are checking it out. Send us a DM. We want to hear your thoughts. We want to hear what inspires you too. Tell us what you think of classical Greek mythology or any other kind of mythology. We are always on the lookout for other ideas and to, to see what our reader our readers see again. We're again, all going to be best-selling novel novelists. <laughs> <laughs> all of our listeners and viewers, what you have to say. We want to hear from you. We do. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it and happy writing.